Welcome to the ugly truth. Step one, train the people only to consume. Step two, infiltrate adults with the news. Step three, indoctrinate the children through the schools and the music and the apps on the phones that they use. Step four, separate the right from the left. Step five, separate the white from the black. Step six, separate the rich from the poor. Use religion and equality to separate them more. Step seven, fabricate a problem made a lie. Step eight, put it on the news every night. Step nine, when people start to fight and divide, take control. This is called situation design they can't stop us cause we're ready to fight trying to brainwash us but we won't let freedom die the whole world's brainwashed everybody pick a team start a riot in the streets the whole world's brainwashed it's us against them it ain't you against me we're with you tom we will not back down this is the ugly truth hard to listen to but impossible to ignore. Yes, welcome to the Ugly Truth, J6 Injustice. We just went past the January 6th um, date in history. Mm -hmm. It is January 12th, and uh, last week prior to um, prior to January 6th, we had thought about doing a feature story on January 6th, and we hadn't done it. But I'm glad we saved the time for the segment here. This is going to be uh, J6 Injustice tonight. We did a lot of talking on the last two segments. So tonight, Andy is going to introduce our segment. And then we'll hear from a report from Laura Logan. Right. And Right, Laura Logan, right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. And she did a report on Victoria White. So go ahead and introduce the segment, Andy. Laura Logan is an investigative journalist, if you don't know who she is. She's been digging into the J6 footage from many angles. As she discovers injustice, she releases a documentary on the evidence. Her docuseries is called The Rest of the Story. Hmm. So far, she has released 10 episodes. She has covered Ray Epps, Matthew Perna, hmm. and the Brunson brothers. But the most recent story impacted me. This woman has had an exceptionally difficult life. The youngest of 14 children, she found out that her father left because her mother was pregnant with her. Her mother ultimately couldn't take care of the brood and left as well. As an adult, she was in a 10-year abusive relationship that put her in the hospital multiple times. She is no stranger to assault. The trauma from her past was magnified on January 6, 2021. On January 6, 2024, three years later, a woman most Americans have never even heard of checked herself into prison to be, after being sentenced to begin serving a sentence she should not have been given. Her name is Victoria Charity White, and what happened to her on January 6th showed that terrible crimes were committed that day against the American people. Now, I have cropped this video to fit our time allowance. However, you can watch the full 34-minute video on that link. If you go to our blog, click on Digging Deeper, Go to diggingdeeper.net and click on the Ugly Truth of J6, and you can get to the full interview there. But let's go ahead and watch this.
Every so often as journalists, we come across something so disturbing, it demands our attention. That's what happened when the new Speaker of the House, Representative Mike Johnson, finally authorized the release of thousands of hours of January 6 footage. Buried in there was an act of such brutality, it was difficult for us to understand how anyone who'd seen it and knew the truth hadn't done something about it. If there's one moment that could alter how history records the events of January 6, it may very well be this one, when the image of a woman battered and bleeding made it impossible to deny that terrible crimes were committed that day against American people, and most of us had no idea. The victim's name was never mentioned by the January 6 committee, but it's one we think you'll remember when you see what happened to Victoria Charity White. On a day of anger at the U.S. Capitol, the West Tunnel took center stage. Here, the police were cast as noble warriors, fending off a violent mob. And there was no shortage of footage to support that. Long after the smoke had faded and the battlefield had cleared, the heroic tale lived on. Disturbing, just released three-hour-long video shows rioters storming the Capitol on January the 6th, viciously attacking Capitol Police. Let me Broadcast into homes and phones across America. The law enforcement officers who defended the U.S. Capitol will today receive the highest honor issued by the U.S. Congress. The narrative supported by anger. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. And a trail of tears. I could have lost my life that day. Democracies are not defined by our bad days. Not one appeared to be for Victoria Charity White, whose story didn't make the hearings, no sign of her in countless hours of television reports, ignored by members of the select committee who likely had access to the video evidence and silence from all the police officers who witnessed what you're about to see. Trapped inside the tunnel between the crowd and police, Victoria White was tossed about like a ragdoll. Her red sweater hard to miss, the glimpses of her face hard to watch. Together, police body cam footage and security cameras revealed that Victoria was beaten and stabbed with a metal baton and punched over and over, the blows raining down on her head and face. I mean, you didn't try to fight? No. Did you try to shield yourself yeah. from the impact? Why would I not? Like, reaction is you're going to protect your head. Do you remember feeling any pain? I don't know. I know afterwards, like when I was in the um, <clears throat> capital in my uh, socks and, you know, I had no shoes and stuff, I, I felt pain. Could you see who was beating you? The guy in the white shirt, is, uh, I found out was the lieutenant at the time. Uh, Officer Jason Bagshaw. Mm -hmm. After he beat you with a baton, he punched you in the face. Yeah, I haven't watched the other videos. I, I can't anymore, so. Is it too painful? Too difficult to relive mm -hmm. it? Oh, yeah. Moment by moment? Yeah, I get in a very bad place. Metropolitan Police Lieutenant Jason Bagshaw, then with nearly 18 years on the force, was identified by federal prosecutors as the man in the white shirt, cited in court documents in another January 6 case. 
Prosecutors acknowledge that Bagshaw struck or attempted to strike Victoria White in the head or upper body, describing this as undisputed, and admitted MPD and Capitol Police use of force policies required officers to avoid striking the head unless necessary, because it is a sensitive area where the risk of death or serious injury was high. Another DC Metro cop, Officer Neil McAllister, also appeared to assault Victoria. Take a close look at his body cam on the right, combined with the body cam of Officer Henry Folds, who was next to him. Together, their cameras seemed to show McAllister slamming Victoria White into another protester and the concrete wall of the narrow tunnel. We tried to confirm McAllister's actions with the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office, but both declined to answer our questions. The chaos made it difficult to piece together, but watch again in real time. Notably, McAllister's body cam was missing footage at a critical moment. This clip ended abruptly. And when the next clip began, the screen was completely white for almost half a minute, and 15 seconds were missing from the timestamp. We turned to the security camera to see what happened during that time. It showed Lieutenant Bagshaw repeatedly punching Victoria on the side of her head. When McAllister's body cam resumed, Victoria was still under assault. Another unidentified officer in a black uniform could be seen stabbing her with a baton again and again, then seemed to grind the weapon into her body. We knew this was not McAllister because as you can see from his body cam, he was wearing a yellow jacket and both his hands were empty, no baton. Court documents led us to the body cam of Officer Sarah Beaver, which we matched precisely with security camera footage. As her arms moved back and forth in the body cam, the wider view provided a clearer picture of the assault on Victoria White. We reached out to the MPD for confirmation, but a spokesperson respectfully declined to comment. When we slowed McAllister's footage down, we discovered something else. At that time, Victoria was also being stabbed in the back, and there wasn't just one baton, there were two, which meant two more officers assaulting her at the same time. One was Jason Bagshaw, seen here striking her repeatedly. The other hasn't been identified for now, and as far as we could tell, this has not been reported. Their actions seem to fit the MPD's definition of deadly force, which was any force likely or intended to cause serious bodily injury or death. According to their policy, deadly force was only to be used against an active assailant, described as someone who has intent to inflict imminent death or serious bodily injury on an officer or another person. And Victoria White, who you can see was surrounded was obviously in no position to threaten or attack anyone. From what we could see, the single mom from Minnesota, then 39 years old, was hit and stabbed more than 40 times with a metal baton and punched in the face at least five times by Lieutenant Bagshaw, who used his left fist. Something else that stood out to us. No matter how much she was beaten, there was simply nowhere for Victoria White to go. Was it hard to breathe? I, I was just trying to stand, stand up and not be trampled. That's where my focus was until 
the hit to the head and everything else it just just what i see on the camera because when the first blow came it's like i was right back there with my ex and then it was just like nothing victoria said the beating took her back to a time in her life she had worked hard to overcome i was in a relationship for 10 years that was severely violent when you say severely violent can you give me a sense of what that was like for you being choked to the point that i'm uh i go unconscious the blood vessel in my eye burst of i i was beat like a man by a man that's you know pretty well built and and very strong of all the people in the crowd that day it was difficult to understand how a woman who'd been through so much was the one singled out for more. Watching the footage, we couldn't see how anyone could justify charging Victoria White. Yet that's what the DOJ did in April 2021. In the indictment, three misdemeanors and a felony for civil disorder. All told, Victoria was facing up to 22 years in prison. In that separate J6 case that confirmed Bagshaw struck Victoria, prosecutors made this surprising statement. While many observers might instinctively cringe at the sight of a male officer using a baton to strike or attempt to strike the head, neck, and shoulders of a smaller woman, there are many possible lawful justifications for Lieutenant Bagshaw's use of force. Ultimately, they blamed Victoria White for being in the tunnel, stating her location alone was criminal, making her subject to arrest, and it presented a threat to the officers and the U.S. Capitol. Curiously, that wasn't consistent with the evidence. As you can see here, once she reached the entrance to the tunnel, the crowd overwhelmed her, and Victoria was not in control. The minute I stepped down, it's like, I'm swallowed by a sea of guys and then they're all pushing in and I almost fall down on the ground and mind you, my back is turned. There's no, I can't go nowhere. I'm doing good to stay, to keep myself up. Just to stay on your feet. Yeah. Just to stand on my feet. We've spoken to other witnesses who also describe that surge, that push of people yeah. from behind that came out of nowhere. Yeah was totally unexpected. Yeah. And that's what pushed you into the tunnel? Yeah, I'm just falling and trying to keep myself up. And then it's like, goes like this, like, like a sea. I don't know how to explain it. And then suddenly you're surrounded by police officers. Yeah. According to FBI agent Trisha Whitehill, who wrote the statement of facts for Victoria White's case, around 4.07 p.m., Victoria could be seen grabbing for one of the MPD officers standing on a ledge. But a close look at the security footage showed that claim was neither honest nor accurate. Here, it was just after 4 p.m., and nothing was happening inside the tunnel, with the exception of the officer on the ledge saturating those trapped below with what appeared to be pepper spray. Victoria White, like those around her, still could not move. And when the clock turned to 4.06 p.m., Lieutenant Bagshaw reached for his metal baton and for almost three minutes carried out the relentless assault. You can hear the sound change to a dull thud as the metal sunk into her skull.
when Victoria White's arms went up into the air at 4.07 and 16 seconds in front of the officer standing on the ledge, she was fighting to stay alive. The officer did nothing to stop Bagshaw beating her. Instead, he pepper sprayed Victoria in the face at close range twice. We reached out to Agent Whitehill and the FBI press office in Minnesota, but were referred to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C. The public affairs specialist there politely declined to answer our questions. One of the things we wanted to know was why FBI agent Whitehill wrote, as the video progresses, the MPD officers attempt to push White back with their riot shields and fend her off with a baton. Once again, that was not what the evidence showed. It's obvious from the tunnel security camera footage that the only person fending anyone off was Victoria White, and the idea she was a threat to the officers was absurd. Listen as one of the protesters, a man right next to her, pleaded with Jason Bagshaw. Oh, no, no, please. Please, please don't beat her. And it didn't end there. Prosecutors speculated it's possible that Lieutenant Bagshaw struck her for no justifiable reason. It's also possible that he struck her to disarm her or to subdue her after she attacked an officer. However, Victoria White was never charged with possessing a weapon or assaulting an officer, and no evidence of either claim was provided, no photos or footage in spite of all the cameras in that tunnel. And did you have any weapons of any kind on you? No. So was there anything that led up to that moment into the tunnel that uh, could be construed in any way as being a threat to the police? Anything that you did? That I did? No, absolutely not. Did you ever uh, push or strike any police officer? I didn't strike any police officers. And I don't recall ever pushing a police officer. Uh, I grabbed onto a shield to pull myself up at one point from the video. But that was after you were being beaten. Yeah. We could find no evidence of any MPD officer disciplined or charged for their conduct on January 6, and most incidents investigated by the MPD Use of Force Board were deemed justified. But we did find Jason Bagshaw, Neil McAllister, and Sarah Beaver among those who received the MPD's Ribbon of Valor at their annual awards ceremony some nine months after January 6. Bagshaw was promoted a few months later in 2021, and again the following year on April 7th, when he reached the rank of commander and took over running the MPD Special Operations Division. On January 6, police body cam footage showed him easily recognizable with his tall frame and white shirt on the front line, confronting protesters for some time before he got to the West Tunnel. Officer Neil McAllister's body cam showed him being gassed multiple times. Dude, I got OC sprayed like four times and then they just got fucking gassed like twice. Holy shit. You look like shit. And in the midst of the action on the lower west terrace. In this clip, a protester who was surrounded by police managed to break free and make a run for it, only to be tackled by McAllister. Strangely enough, there was another lapse in his body cam footage at a critical moment. The clip ended abruptly, and when the next began,
the timestamp showed seconds were gone. Once again, we turned to another source to see what was happening in that moment. In this footage that was shared on social media, you see the man restrained face down on the ground with McAllister on top of him. The cops are beating the fuck out of that guy. When Officer Neil McAllister's body cam resumed, the man was cuffed and briefly detained. Can you spray this motherfucker? Jesus Christ! Later, McAllister was recorded saying the police should be harder on the crowd. I don't know why they're just not going full Monty on these At another point, he said, This is a fucking civil war. This is a civil war right here. And after that, so they're, so they're bringing it into, into the Capitol and they're not shooting them. With this mindset, McAllister was sent into the tunnel. After he and other officers shoved people down the steps to clear them, a man lunged at him twice. Some of the protesters voiced their concern and support. We requested interviews with Commander Bagshaw and Officer McAllister, but the MPD Communications Office declined. We also filed freedom of information requests for their police records, but those were also denied. Before any of this happened, when Victoria White was still outside the tunnel, she told us about an incident that troubled her. I hear Antifa, Antifa, and I look, and here's a guy like trying to break out the window. So that was a big concern to me, very big. So what did you do? I immediately thought to myself, the right thing to do is stop the guy. So I just ran and I didn't think, give it another thought. I just ran and pulled him down. And he was breaking out that window that was right next to the, to the West Tunnel entrance, yep. right? Yep. He sure seemed like Antifa because he sure fit the little description. I mean, it's like a little guy. Ish. Little white guy. Yeah. Skinny. Glasses, skinny, scrawny, and just like little dude. I'm like, soy boy is what I thought. I'm like, get him out of here. Get him out of here. You know, we don't do that. Like, who comes to see the president and hear him and then go break out a window? We, we, we don't do that. So for you, doing nothing wasn't an option? No. No. With the first man removed, another climbed up and took his place, assisted by this woman in what looked like a coordinated effort. When I go to grab him, and then men, a group like of men, they, they grab me. and But I managed to get one arm free, come over and grab his backpack and pull him down. Then it was then that I realized, like, oh no, like, they don't want me stopping. No one, they, they want this. Like something, I, I remember hearing, you know, like before and it, Antifa said that they would infiltrate um, and dress like Trump supporters and things like that. Um, little did I realize at the time that you, there's feds. Undercovers and confidential units also. Yep. CHSs, yep. The official line was that Antifa had no role in the violence that day, but for many that was undermined early on by curious footage like this that went viral. People online claimed it showed Antifa operatives switching out their clothes, although these individuals remain unidentified. Victoria White was no stranger to conflict. 
For her, life had always been rough, starting at birth when she said her mother abandoned her at the hospital. It was too much after 14 kids, and then my dad divorced um, her when she was pregnant with me and remarried, but then he had a massive heart attack when I was four and died, and it sounds tough. Mm. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Kind of set the the tone for the rest of my life. Yeah. That, you know, just kind of like finding out my biological mom didn't want me or couldn't take care of me, and that my dad, uh, he chose all my other brothers and sisters, but not me. So, that's a lot of pain to carry. Yeah. Story of my life, so. Sorry. Don't be. Now you're a mom. Yeah. And you have four beautiful girls. I do. <laughs> okay, we are in D.C. The line to get in is crazy long. This when Victoria White went to hear Donald Trump speak on January 6th, it was the first time she'd ever seen the Capitol. And in these videos heading to the rally, there was a sense of anticipation and of history being made. Trump 2020! A few hours later, separated from friends and family, in handcuffs and police custody, the smiles and excitement were gone. At this point, you have blood running down your face. Did anyone try to help you with medical assistance? Mm -mm. No. No one even offered? And it's clear they're under arrest? No, they never said I was under arrest. They never said I did, I did anything wrong. Along with other protesters, Victoria was transported to the D.C. Metropolitan Police Station that night. They didn't even put real handcuffs on me. They put zip tie things on me. Never read me rights. Never told me I did any, anything wrong. They don't fingerprint me. They don't take a picture. And then they finally cut the zip ties off me. And I go to put my um, hair that had been in my face the whole time um, out of my face. And then that's when I, um, when I realized I, I've got blood um, in my hair, on my face, and I'm like, oh. And then, then they handcuffed me to a bench. Later, she said, without explanation, they cut her loose into the winter's night. And you lost everything when you were being beaten? Yeah. Were you freezing? Oh, it was horrible. It was really, really cold. And dark? Yeah. When you left there, you had no idea that they would be coming after you. No, I knew it. You did? I knew without a doubt. I knew it. I was like, nope, they're going to switch up everything that just happened to me. She was right. In late January of 2021, an FBI agent came looking for her at home in Rochester, Minnesota. Victoria said that terrified her daughters. I'm like, if you want to arrest me, I said, just call me. I said, you have my cell phone number now, just call me. I have no problem. I'll, I'll turn myself in. Just don't scare my kids like that. But less than three months later, they were back. It was early in the morning, and it's that knock. You just, you, you know that knock. And I had been sleeping in the living room. The window was cracked, you know, cause to let in the fresh breeze. Like, yeah, we got a warrant for your arrest, and my girls are freaking out, and I'm freaking out. Did they show up with a lot? Of officers and agents? Yeah. Are they surrounded my block? 
not just my house, you know, it's a corner house, my block, my freaking block. The FBI and DOJ treated Victoria not as a victim, but as a criminal. And when we talked to her last summer, she was anxious about the possibility of a lengthy prison sentence and felt there was no hope of a fair trial in Washington, D.C., where according to the D.C. Board of Elections, an astounding 92% of residents voted for Joe Biden. At this point, would you take a pay deal? You know, I really have nothing less left to lose. I, I should have died that day anyway. Do you still have any health issues from the beating? Can you get any help? Victoria did end up making a deal almost three years after January 6th on November 20th last year. She reluctantly pled guilty to a single felony for civil disorder. The prosecutor asked the judge, John D. Bates, to lock her up for four months, citing her criminal history from a troubled past, mostly from driving while intoxicated. But the judge sentenced her to eight days in jail to be served over four consecutive weekends, a $2,000 fine, and three months home confinement. In early January, with her case settled, Victoria White sued Commander Jason Bagshaw, Officer Neil McAllister, and the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, right before the statute of limitations ran out. She's representing herself for now, and told us it's about the truth as much as justice. But she said the road ahead is long, the damage lasting, and the memories of what happened to her in the West Tunnel still cast a dark shadow over her life. who had pulled down that guy because I knew something fishy was going on. We watched it yes, the day it was happening. that day we, we saw that. We watched it live on C-SPAN. Mm -hmm. We watched her do that, and tonight we learned who she is. We all need to pray for Victoria White and just realize that we've been lied to. Well, and if you can help her out, she does have a give, give send, go account to um, help her with her suit. Do you have that in the article? I will put it in the alter article. I don't have it right now. But. Okay, that's diggingdeeper.net for our articles. It's accessible right there on diggingdeepertv.com as well. That was the ugly truth. Hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. And thank you for listening to The Ugly Truth because they can't stop us because we're ready to fight trying to brainwash us but we won't let freedom die The whole world's brainwashed Everybody pick a team, start a riot in the streets The whole world's brainwashed It's us against them, it ain't you against me The Ugly Truth, hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore.